Hi, my name is Kiani Conley-Wilson. I'm the president of Fehu Farm Stand. And I'm Laura Welk. I am the secretary and bookkeeper. Welcome to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. So Fehu Farm Stand, can you tell us a little bit about the origin stories and how long it's been going? Fehu Farm Stand, it kind of originated through Laura and I's like passion for community organizing. Like through organizing, we were able to understand the inequities of value of labor, particularly those of women and women of color. So we wanted to lead by an example by creating a stable and sustainable business that puts the workers' needs at the forefront. So that's why our cooperative is led majority by women and non-binary members um, to create wealth for those whose labor is often underpaid or exploited. Uh, We started in October of 2022 was when we filed the paperwork to become a business. Laura, do you want to talk about the meaning of Fehu for folks that don't know what that means? Sure. Um, it is a ancient Norse rune um, from the Eldar Firthark alphabet, um, which can be used just as an alphabet to communicate, but it's also used as a divination system. So basically, it's just like our alphabet, except there's 24 symbols, and each symbol has a sound and an associated meaning. And Fehu is the first letter of the alphabet. And the representation that that rune evokes is for prosperity, but not just individual prosperity. It's a communal prosperity. Um, And there's an associated poem that sort of goes along with the meaning of Fehu that warns us that like wealth is a source of discord amongst kin and that it has to be shared equally or you end up with a, a sort of chaotic world. Um, So we can sort of see the truth of that, you know, just like where we're at in our society. um, And we're sort of trying to show that prosperity doesn't have to be hoarded um, and sort of in the spirit of Fehu to try to evoke that prosperity for the workers and for our community. I hear the the critique of, of certain farming systems, but I also hear that there are other examples that you might be mimicking your practice off of. Can you talk about some of the inspirations and where you're looking to guide these alternative methods and structures that you have on Fehu? Yeah, um, that's a hard one. <laughs> Laura, do you have any like ideas? Um, I don't know if there is a specific model that we're following, um, more just sort of like an ethos of sustainability. Um, and there's a lot of small scale local farms here that practice those ways. But really, we're just sort of trying to see, you know, what we can make without having to um, exploit the land, what we can get just by foraging and growing things on our own without having to use big machinery with petroleum and all these other things. Um, So in some ways, we're sort of like just looking to other sustainable farmers. Being sort of a witchcraft business is interesting, too, because we're growing these herbs specifically to be used for magical purposes, um, as well as just, you know, for tea drinking, if you just like tea and stuff. But there's like all these other sort of um, educational things that we want to share with people, like how you use herbs in ways that maybe we haven't thought of, you know, like rosemary isn't just a seasoning. It's also an ancient incense and things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't really know if there's like a, an example that specifically we're looking towards. We're kind of just trying to figure out some new things. I think The idea of witchcraft is definitely stigmatized. It is been around for such a long time. So what would you like listeners to know and understand about the term witchcraft and how Fehu is incorporating it on the on the stand? 
Um, so witchcraft is definitely stigmatized um, and misunderstood. Um, I'd say like there's many, many different traditions of witchcraft in mine. I kind of draw from like a European background, um, like Celtic magic and um, Norse magic and just kind of like that's where my ancestors are from. So I sort of felt connected to that. But there's many, many different traditions. But the one thing that kind of like unites all of them together is this respect for the earth and understanding that nature is a living being and that we are a part of this living being and that we're not separate from it. So if you have that understanding of nature and the earth, you can't exploit it. You can't exploit animals. You can't exploit the land. You can't just like burn things down for the most profit possible. You have to do things with respect and understanding that um, there's this concept in witchcraft called the law of three, which is anything you put out into the world will be re returned to you threefold. So if you put good things out into the world, you'll get good things back. And it's true of negative things as well. So obviously like witchcraft is in opposition that sort of worldview of, of nature being alive is in opposition to a lot of economic practices and if you look back like to the 1500s during burning times which is when witches were being met, uh, persecuted in europe and elsewhere on a massive scale you can see that that's the same time as the enclosure of the commons the same time as our like complete radical transformation of relationship to the earth and the relationship of like how an economy should produce goods. Um, so at this time, you see all of these myths about witchcraft being perpetuated that like witches kill babies, witches curse people and cause, um, you know, horrible weather disasters to happen and like and, and all these sorts of bad things like devil worship. But a lot of those negative stereotypes are based on this this need in society at the time to get rid of sort of an indigenous way of life that's more connected to the earth. Um, and in Europe, it, you know, like that sort of happened there, but it happened all over the world as well. Um, so you sort of see like witchcraft is a connection with the living universe and our understanding that we're sort of like cells in this body, you know, that is everything and that we're all connected. And we sort of find ourselves in solidarity with like other indigenous groups for that reason. So I think like the biggest thing I would like people to understand about witchcraft is that it's really about understanding humanity's connection to the natural world and our place in it. And that every single thing you do, um, even in your life or if you're casting a spell or whatever, it has an effect. And if we understand those connections, whether it's like energetically and magically, or even just, you know, the way that we farm or the way that we treat each other in the workplace and stuff, we have power to, to affect all of those things. And that power can be very threatening <laughs> to, to people who don't want us to have it, right? So destigmatizing witchcraft to me is about showing people like that we have power and that we have connection and that losing that connection to the natural world can cause a lot of like pain and suffering that doesn't need to continue. Fehu has a workshop coming up for any listeners who want an opportunity to come and see what we've been talking about in person, a candle making workshop. What is your process of making candles and where do you source your wax? Um, this year I sourced our beeswax. It's our first year um, from a farm in Minnesota. I'd like to find somewhere a little bit closer, but this farm is called Gardner Bees and they have like this ethos of putting the bees first. So it's really about like cultivating like pollinators, which is super important. 
And we also are going to be making some tea with herbs from Kiani's garden. So our candle making process is a dip candle making process. So you get the wax wet and then um, put the wick into the wax a certain number of times and you end up with the taper candle. Um, so it's like a pretty magical sort of creation process celebrating this time of year, which is like a collision of fire and ice um, and sort of like trying to bring that fire energy into the middle of winter. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much, Laura and Kiani, for joining us. Where can listeners find more information? Um, you can follow us on Instagram at at underscore farmstands. So that's F-E-H-U underscore farmstands. You can also email us at farmstand one word, at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Before we go, any last words to leave our listeners with? Thank you so much for having us. We're super excited to get this started and let us know if you uh, want any specific herbs that, you know, you want grown locally. Fehu Farmstand is located in Malta and that candle making workshop is taking place on Friday, February 10th from 6 to 8 p.m. You can find the link to attend on Instagram or use that email. This is Sina Bazila Hickey for Hudson Mohawk Magazine.